Sorry, we're closed. Sean, well, you, my friend, have today's topic with with your recent studies into Benjamin Franklin. So why don't you uh, get us going? <laughs> Man, Benjamin Franklin. I've been on a whirlwind of Benjamin Franklin stuff over the last uh, over the last week. Just compa- just completed his autobiography. I purchased this little handbook. His 13, 13 What is it called? Benjamin Franklin's Book of Virtues. But anyway. What's uh what's what was interesting to me is he's got this book out. Well, he's it's, I, I I act like he just released it. He had this book that he wrote in 1757, uh, and the name of the book was "The Way to Wealth," and it's just like a compilation of different like thoughts and ideas of of like how people ruin their wealth, uh, and on the flip side, like like what you can do, as he says, to reinforce your pocket. And he gives, he gives two rules that he calls them secrets, uh, two secrets or rules of building wealth uh, that he says anybody can use. And this is literally how it's done. Now, what's interesting is like when he starts talking about like these are going to be secrets or, you know, these are like the definitive rules of how it's going to be. You can't help but be like, damn, like, like what is this what like what's this what's these secrets that i've never heard before and unfortunately and fortunately they are things that you have heard before the two rules are uh, number one is industry uh, and i'll explain both of them here in a second and the other one is frugality industry he describes as wait for it industry lose no time be always employed in something useful, cut off all unnecessary actions. Number five is, I'm sorry. And the second one, which is frugality, which is, these are both on his lists of virtues. That's why I'm, I'm numbering them. That's five and six. Uh, frugality is make no expense, but do good to others or yourself. Waste nothing. Now, basically what he's saying is he's like, you know, do good work that is profitable and things that people actually want and put your best foot forward. Don't waste time. Don't procrastinate. Don't, uh, don't be indecisive, like push forward, make decisions and, and do good in, in your, in your work. And I think we can all say like, if we did that, if we were really good at our job, uh, we would get promotions, we would move up. And then the other side of it is uh, frugality. It is, is he says, spend one less penny than you earn. He puts down here, make no expense, but do good to others or yourself, waste nothing. Now, the reason I think that this is interesting and the reason I think it works really well here is because this is kind of, I I would say on some level that this more disciplined approach to wealth is on some level, my philosophy. I have have a little bit of a, you know, different, slightly differing opinion, like not as, as exact as, as old Benny boy here. But there's this other school of thought in wealth, and and obviously, Patrick, you are the you are you are a shining example of this, where you're almost the complete opposite. Uh, like, for example, you one your you're like your like motto is like I don't want to do the work. I'm going to find somebody else to do the work, and that is the complete opposite of what industry is, where it's lose no time, be always employed in something useful. Your philosophy is almost never be employed in something useful put yourself into position where you own the useful work, right? Uh, we can, uh, obviously you can get into that a little bit differently. Uh, and then frugality uh, is kind of the opposite side where it's like you, like this morning you went to a meeting and you said, I'm going to put on a suit because I want to feel like, like you, it makes me feel busy. I become, I feel more powerful and feel more in charge of this, uh, of the situation. I'm more confident in all that other stuff. I know Ryan Serhant, the you know, multi, multi, multi-millionaire, the king of New York real estate. He does the same thing. He's got like his power suits. And ever since he was like a, a crappy broker, he's been wearing these suits for the exact same reason. It puts him in costume and it makes him feel a certain way. I know Napoleon Hill, author of the 
you know, all of the Think and Grow Rich books, Outwitting the Devil, The Laws of Success. He talks about how when he goes to a hotel, he simply has to stay in the best ho- the best suite available. He has to wear the finest clothes. He has to drive the finest cars because that's the thing that makes him act successful. And the thing that makes him act successful is the thing that ultimately makes him successful. So there's really two schools of thought here as to uh, one side of it being, you know, spend nothing, do good work. And the other side of it is, uh, you know, spend extravagantly to make yourself feel a certain way to act a certain way. Uh, and, and then of course, on the industry side of it, it is like own the, 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 you know, the people or not the people, but own the work and the industry that is, that is doing good work and being employed for, for useful, useful service for, for humans across the world. So, uh, that's, I think that's interesting. What do you got on that? Well, obviously, I don't. Uh, frugality is not my strong suit, as you mentioned. Um, and, but I, I, you know, when you're talking about how to be the person you are, so like when you're talking about like the way I, you know, way I work, you know, my job theoretically is just to is to risk money uh, to buy assets that are going to make me money. Um, you know, I've seen assets that you know I'm I'm interested in buying you know quite often, and you know, I'll turn them down because, you know, they're going to require too much work for me. You know, that's just not what I do. So, but there is like that, that thought process of, you know, you know, is it, um, fake it until you make it to a degree. Uh, you know, I think people see me all the time, you know, I you know, recently, you know, two weekends ago, I was on a helicopter to Philly. Uh, the na- last weekend I was on a, on a jet to, to Nashville and I'm sure a lot of my friends, and a lot of people are like, well, what the hell is this guy doing? I'm sure there's people out there that think that I'm spending every dollar that comes in the door. Uh, I'm sure there's people out there thinking that I am, you know, making, you know, $50 million a year. Uh, it's probably all of those things. But like you said, the, the thought process there is how you feel. Like when you're going to these, when I'm going to, you know, pitch myself, I need to be the person that everyone you know, thinks that I am, and that's what kind of ultimately helps me be successful. Is when you feel like you're the shit, you often act like the shit. Uh, so, you know, it, it is. You know, it's it's not. I never wanted to be. I never wanted to be employed. Kind of like what you're like what Benjamin well, B. Frank saying. Uh, <laughs> B. Frank sounds, sounds like a weird brand of hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I I don't. I really I told everyone I really enjoy what I do, which is go out and try to buy assets. Uh, that is a very enjoyable thing uh, for me in trying to figure out which assets to buy and then let them make the money. Um, I certainly don't spend every dollar that comes in through the door. I, you know, at the very least, have to pay taxes, so I'm not spending that. But, uh, you know, when you're, when, you're, when you're talking about trying to be the person that you want to be, you know, what's the the corporate uh, saying? You know, dress for the job you want, not the one you have. Yeah. Um, you know, you you often have to put on that costume and make yourself, you know, kind of feel like what it what it would feel like to be that person. When I was playing baseball, I remember. Um, uh, I think they I think they talk about this in meditation too. You'd know better though. But you know, they make you they want you to put yourself in that world of you know what would that feel like. You know, I remember when at the end of the Tony Robbins doc on on Netflix, he he wants you to go back to like three moments that you're unbelievably grateful for, but like get into the moment again. Look around, you know, Great see doc. what. Yeah, really good doc. But look around, see what it's like, see what it feels like. You know, feel those emotions again. And when you do that, you know, you kind of you you become you're back in that role you're back doing that thing again whatever that was you're that person again because obviously we're always, you know we're ever changing yeah and same thing goes for this stuff you know i always talk about uh you know to my i, mean, I talk to myself constantly i'm sure everyone does but you know just on the ride up here you, you put music on makes you feel good and you're kind of daydreaming about but you're not, you know i daydream about you know what to get to that next level of success that i'm looking for you know, and, and what people would say about me in that situation. You know, who's that person? You know, when that person walks through the door, who is that guy? Um, you know, I, I've had, you know, it's the interactions I have now at my bars are much different than they used to be. You know, it's not like it, not like it used to be where, 
you know, I'm just, you know, one of the guys, you know, me walking into one of my bars now, you know, I can feel people were always kind of intimidated just because I'm a big guy. Uh, I used to play for the Red Sox. That's a thing. Uh, but, you know, it's different now. People, you often, like, conversations that I have with people now are different because of the lifestyle that I'm portraying. And people are like, wow, this guy's, like, super successful. And now I feel inferior to him. And sometimes it it's no problem. People will just say, oh, well, I'm not like you, Pat, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's other times people I think are resentful for it. Uh, but, again, it all goes back to how am I going to get to the level that I want to get to and the way to do that is, at least in what I've been doing, is to kind of already make yourself that level and see where it takes you. Yeah, I think uh, there's there's a couple interesting things to hit on there. Uh, I think if you look at industry as being one of the things that he's obviously saying here is, is one of the ways to do it. Like, so, okay, so you have to be employed. I went on a rant. I did a little podcast yesterday on this. Uh, you have to be employed and doing something useful. He says this first, his first line after industry is waste no time. Right. And the problem with that from it, from a, from a neuroscience perspective is that we very much want to waste time. We want to, you know, we're wired to play the video games, watch the Netflix to take the path of loot resistance. Like we literally do not want to do those things. So where I think you start, you start having the, the, the co-mingling of both of these philosophies here is that what these purchases and these suits and doing these uh, somewhat extravagant things. They don't always have to be extravagant things, but what we're trying to get you to do is to actually do the thing and actually don't waste the time because it's obvious that if you're always 100% of your waking hours spent doing useful services and you are spending less than you are earning, you are going to become wealthy at a simple mathematics. The The challenge is, is that we simply just do not want to do that. We, we love watching Netflix. We love wasting time. We love procrastinating. It is built into the very fabric of the DNA of human beings. That's the game. So when you go out and buy a suit and you feel like a, it's a power suit and you feel like the man and you just, you know, you come off of, you know, coming off of a private jet, uh, stepping on tarmac into your, into your, you know, blacked out Escalade. It's a, a significantly different feeling than getting off of a Spirit Airlines flight that was turbulent and rocky where you were in the middle seat and you're sweaty and you're not feeling, you know, it's, you know, you're not feeling yourself and you had to be cramped into this crappy little bathroom and then you get off and you got to, you know, find where baggage claim is. And then you got to go to the nasty bathroom, the airport bathroom, because you've been holding it the entire time because you didn't want to go up and excuse yourself in front of the people uh, all throughout the plane. You don't want to stand in the back because there's everybody who's going to be staring at you. Uh, and it's just a completely different experience, which produces a completely different mindset, which ultimately will produce a completely different reaction. Now, if you look at the Tony Robbins stuff where he's talking about feeling the emotions at the end of your uh, at, you know, during this meditation, feeling those motions of, of gratitude. Think about when you touch a hot stove, uh, the re when you, when you, when you, when it burns you, you get the sensation throughout your body and it is a negative sensation. That is a negative emotion. Those are negative chemicals that were released inside of your body. The role, the, the, the reason that that happens is because the, uh, the body is trying to teach itself. It's trying to reinforce or de-reinforce an action. In that, in that instance, it's trying to tell you, hey, this sucks. Stop this. Don't do this again. But if you have an awesome experience and this was amazing, uh, now you, know, you have, you have your, your lucky boxer shorts that you wear for, you know, for big meetings. The reason that you have lucky boxer shorts is because at some point, you, something unexpectedly wonderful happened to you while wearing them. So now when you put these things on, you get a little, little jolt of dopamine and it feels good and your body's trying to tell you, hey, do this thing more. And when you are reinforcing the proper actions, when you're reinforcing not wasting time, when you're reinforcing being of somebody of useful service, then now you're going to continue to do the thing. You're going to waste less time. You're going to be a person of action, which now prom promotes you becoming somebody of wealth. So I think that's kind of where these two things intersect because really at the end of the day, it's like, you got to do the thing. And if you do the thing, you'll get the result. The problem is, is that nobody wants to, if the two things are don't waste time and don't spend your money frivolously, <clears throat> Those are two things that, well, we just want to freaking do these things. And now we've got to get funky with how we're actually going to make sure we execute that. You know, let's, let's make it a little bit. Uh, this is actually an interesting thought because when you talk about like, you know, reinforcing certain things, me and one of my business partners, uh, we often get our best work done when we're discussing it on a private jet 
or we the Jews run. It's 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 a like a half joke, not really a half. Joke. It's like a yeah, like we say it jokingly, but it's not really a joke because we really do. Um, it, discussing business on a private jet or discussing it in like a cabana in Miami in South Beach, and we like the way I always said it was. I was like, well, you know, I think one of the reasons that I do do my best work there is because I know how much this costs. <laughs> I don't want it to stop, but I also know what it requires in order to continue it. And so you get motivated. Like, it motivates me. It's like, oh, this is fantastic. I love this. But it also costs a fuck ton of money. You know, let me figure out a way in order to bring in more money so I can continue doing it. And it it goes back to what you're saying is, you know, I'm, you know, my brain is flooded with whatever chemicals my brain wants to be flooded with to make me a happy man. And... You know, I'm you know I I'm going down to Miami uh, at the end of February for a week. There's some I'm trying to set up some meetings while I'm down there with some people that I want to um, interact with. But at the same token, you know, I'm going to be in a cabana every day at the one hotel, and I know that I'm going to get a tremendous amount of work done and good work because I know how much it costs. I love doing it, and I don't want it to stop. I think like one of my goals in 2023 or 2024 is to possibly um, get like a, a, a partnership it won't just be me but a bunch of people get to get you know a couple let's say four people together to buy a private jet and but I don't want to just buy any old jet right I want to buy you know a really nice one and they often cost a ton of money not you know we're not talking like you know if you guys watch criminal minds I'm not buying a gulf stream uh, <laughs> but like you know you know a nice one though one that's that you're like on there like uh, this is this is a sick jet um and again, part of the reason, I mean, everyone says this, this is a Mark Cuban thing, uh, is that, you know, why buy the private jet? And it's because he said, well, time is invaluable. You know, I don't want to be wasting time in line at, at an airport and then in this and that. And obviously, you know, you can you can say that. There's certainly, you can be doing things while you're in line. Uh, so I think it's a flimsy <laughs> argument. Just see uh-huh. some guy out. I, I, it, it, it's funnier when I say it this way with his Palm Pilot, just closing deals in in boarding group C on Southwest yeah. Airlines. <laughs> exactly. So like, there's there's an argument to it. I think it's I think it's a, a I don't know how grave an argument it is, but I, I I like that. Like I love the you know I'm here. You know when we, I flew out to Nashville, I flew private out of Teterboro here. And my flight was at, um, I think, like 3.30. And I left my apartment at 2.45. And, you know, went out there, got there at like 3.15, 3.20. You know, went in, went to the bathroom, you know, grabbed a drink and w- walked onto the plane. And then we left. And, like, that is a super enjoyable experience. Like, I was telling Sean before uh, we left, or the night before, I was like, you know, what I what I love about this is that traveling has always been my least favorite thing to do. Like I, I love when I get to the loca- locations, have some fun, relax, but I hate the travel part and it makes me not want to do it. I have now gotten to a point where when I'm flying private or from flying a helicopter, a helicopter is a little scary, but when I'm <laughs> flying these these things, I get to a point now where like travel's some of the best parts. You know, I'm about to hop on a plane, you know, we're going to pull out a, you know, I pull out a, uh, a bottle of Glenlivet 18. Uh, the flight was two and a half hours. We finished the bottle on the way there. I mean, there were six of us, so that's actually not that as impressive as it sounds. Um, it's probably like a drink and a half each. But, uh, you know, we get out there, and it's but you're putting music. You put Sinatra on. You're there talking are a few business. things more pleasurable than private air travel. Yeah. That and, is and, the goat. But then, again, you're sitting there. You're talking. We had just got out of a meeting in Manhattan. And in that meeting, we're discussing about this real estate deal that, that we want to do. And talking about the with the price tag of it and how we do this and all this stuff and it's delightful it's another thing that i i don't think that i think people often think they have to be good at everything or in order to become super rich be really 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 good at one thing the really really good one thing that i am good at is networking and i've said this a bunch on this podcast but like i sat in that real estate meeting the, the, it was a $500 million real estate project. And I don't know anything about it. Like, I'm sitting there, and I'm taking notes. If they saw my notes, 
I might as well have been in. I might as well have been in high school, like not paying attention, <laughs> making the little like, S dollar sign thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when I'm like, I, yeah, I asked. Him, I talked about some questions. I put some input in. There was we actually laughed about the input on the way out of there about what my input was because uh, it was completely irrelevant. Uh, I pointed out where I lived, and that was the <laughs> end of it. But like, you know, what I'm good at though is when I want to go do a five hundred million dollar project, I have someone in my network that's willing to partner with me to do it. You know, and then, but my network is so vast that very I have very vast <laughs> that I have the ability to get pitched these deals, and these deals come to me, uh, and I'm able to get them done through the people in my own network. And so now people bring me on; I get a percentage of the deal without knowing anything about the deal. But I'm I get a kickback, not a kickback. That sounds good. well. I guess I get a kickback because I'm not a politician, but like. You know, I, I get a piece of the action because I'm the one getting the deal and, and there is no deal without me because I'm trusted. I am a person that you know, people trust and people like and people want, want to help me and want to help me succeed. And I have these other people that, okay, well, what's, what deal is it? This is, a, this is restaurants? Okay, I can do this one. All right, this one's real estate. I got, I got a couple groups that are willing to do this. This is development. I got a couple groups for that. So like, but I don't really know. Any, if you came up to me and was like, hey, I, you know, Let's, let's talk about these these four buildings I want to buy, and you know I, I want to develop on them. I'd be like, okay, and then you'd start talking, and I'd have no idea what you're talking about, and I would be like, okay, that sound, yeah, this sounds great. That yo six percent on this, blah, blah, ten more stories, all that sounds great. I have no idea how to get any of that done, but I, I can go ask some people for you, um, and that's how I've made my living, and I, I think that's how I'll make a you know much bigger living because, you know. Like, you know, we're starting the real estate arm of the light group, and our first project might be this $500 million project. No one starts their first real estate project, this $500 million project. But because, you know, I've, I've done what I've done, I've, I've been this person. You know, when I first got into the political scene and, and this kind of this network in Hoboken, like, yeah, I, first of all, I dressed differently. Now I dress, I dress, you know, I'm more, I'm more polished in, my, in how I dress, but, you know, I'm able to. You know, I have the Red Sox card, which helped a ton. But then I'm able to kind of speak. I'm, you know, intelligently. I'm able to get people things. You know, when I strategically brought people into my businesses, made them money, so that then be like, oh well, you know, I, I'm indebted to this guy. I want to help him. You know, he's able to do this for me. I'm gonna do something for him back. And then you just keep doing that with these people, and all of a sudden now you're a part of 50 different deals, and you don't really know anything about them. You didn't. You, all you did was get the deal for them. They did the rest. And like I, you know, I was going through this project, and it was like so many different types of funding and how they were going to fund this whole project. I've never even seen these things. <laughs> like he went through the funding, the sources of funds, and it was this guy from J.P. Morgan. He was a very smart guy, and he was just going, "Well, listen, we'll get actually the max percentage we can get from this fund is this, 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 and this. You know, it will probably be some type of arrangement of this. Maybe not exactly this later on, but this is what the deck will look like." And I'm sitting there. I'm like, "I have." Okay, I thought you were going to try to raise money from people. I didn't know you could get you know go to the government for certain different types of grants and and because they want economic development and stuff like that. I had no fucking clue. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh great. And then I you know I might get you know five ten percent of a deal worth five hundred million dollars. That's like oh well that's that's lovely. But I didn't know anything about it. It's like it it's it's way less complicated than a lot of people want to think that it is. Um, and but again, you know, not the, you know, I kind of went off on a rant there, but it all stems back to being the person that you you want to portray. And like when I walked into that meeting, you know, granted it does help. I'm six foot five. I'm in shape. You know, I have a presence about me. But then on top of that, you got you know, a nice suit on. You speak well. You know, you look good. You're well groomed. And then you sit down and you talk. You, you know. There, you know, you just you you come off as this person. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into meetings and the guy looked great. You know, did all this stuff, and now in my own head, I'm like, this really, this guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. And then later on, I'd go out to the drinks with him. He's just like a regular dude, and he's like, oh yeah, you were saying that. I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. It sounds great to me, man. And I was like, you know, I'm sitting there like you know nervous to you present, make sure I don't sound like an idiot to this guy. And this guy was over there probably like singing in his head while I'm <laughs> while I'm talking. Yeah. And so it's just, but you present, you know, presenting, you know, the type of person you want to be is just so important when it comes to to doing different de- types of deals. And again, it can get you deals that you have no business being a part of 
but you're getting them you're getting the deals i remember i think i don't think it was richest man babylon sean but there was like an old wives tale about the richest person that ever existed was was simply a middleman but he had a piece of every single deal because he connected everybody to it yeah without him the deals didn't get done so although you know someone was bigger in real estate than he was someone was bigger in hospitality someone was bigger in finance he had a piece of every single one of them uh, and because of that, he became the richest man in the world because nothing, nothing happened without him. And that's essentially what I've been doing now for the last couple of years. And obviously, I started off in hospitality and restaurants, but you know, we're looking at a bunch of different projects right now because, and I'm just, I'm just connecting people. You know, when the city wants to get something done, you know, they talk to me. Do you have anyone that you think could get this done? And this is what we're looking at. This is what we need. We don't want to spend any tax dollars. You know, all this stuff. And then you're like, okay, let me see. I'll make calls. And I make the calls and I tell them, they're okay, yeah, we can get this done. All right, uh, you know, I want 10% of this. All right, deal. And then they go and do it. And then I just sit here and I don't do anything for, for the rest of the time of the deal. Lose no time. I don't, I don't lose any time. <laughs> but it's a, it's, a really, it's a really interesting concept. But again, it goes all the way back to this be frank thought process. Or my thought process, the opposite of B. Frank's thought process, I guess. B. Frank's. Uh, but, oh, for a second, I was like, who is, who's B. Frank's? <laughs> <laughs> but it all goes back to like being the person that you want to be and just going and doing it. Like, I, I, you know, I don't know if you've seen recently, Sean, but jo- I don't know if you've muted him. I think you might have. Uh, but Joey Moriello, um, he's, I don't know. He, I, I was going to text him if he's talked to you. I know you. he hasn't, though, because I would have probably heard about it from you. And that, but he is every, almost every two out of the last three mornings he has posted um, the song he's listening to and it's been Hans Zimmer. Oh yeah, yeah. And he was today was from Batman from the Dark Knight. Uh, the other day I forget it was was the one from uh, the space one that you like that you added Interstellar. To yep, he added that one. Talked to that, that that one. And I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, you know, when you listen to that, when I'm sitting in the sauna after a good workout, I feel big. I feel strong. Like I, I'm, I'm down a ton of weight. Like I felt really good yesterday when Austin was like, "Yeah, dude, you were rotund, you know, <laughs> you know, a year ago when I saw you, but you look great now." You know, when you do those things, you feel good, and then you put that music on, man. It is you feel like a different fucking person, and all of a sudden now I'm Bobby Axelrod going into these deals and being like, "Hey, listen, this is how you know," and you know. Yeah, this is how this is going to work. This is how this is going to work. I can, I can work with you on that one. You know what? But And then the biggest thing, as you've said before, and Sean, is I have no problem telling someone in the meeting now that I don't know the answer. Yeah, that's like the that's like the ultimate sign of confidence. It's like I remember when I was first getting into strength and conditioning, all of my everybody like I was I like looked up to in the industry. They always said something to the effect of in one way or another, they would say, uh, you know, always trust the man who says, I don't know. Uh, you know, the person who has all the answers usually actually doesn't. Uh, and that's ever since I heard that, I was like, okay, like I gotta, I gotta make sure that if I really don't know something like say that you don't know it. Uh, and because that makes, that gives your credibility way more. I mean, you obviously you don't know everything. Um, but yeah, man, I mean that, that, uh, that, that, uh, music score stuff is, is, is pretty wild. I mean, that stuff is, that stuff is like literally engineered to make you feel an emotion. Uh, guys, the is as weird as it might sound. Like the the science behind emotion is wild. And if you can get yourself to like this, is something I come up with a lot. I see a lot in in my work and like some of the people that like I see this a lot in like like prospects that I end up interacting with. And there, you know, there's a there's like a it's like a common thread of people saying like, okay, you know what? I really like what you're saying. Let me just like hit this number, like get to this spot or like get here before I invest in this thing. And, and that's fine. Like we're not talking about like pressuring people in there, but what you have to understand is that you have to become the person ahead of the event. So for example, if you want to make a million dollars this year, you have to become somebody who's talented enough, productive enough, disciplined enough, skilled enough, you know, able to network enough, like you have to have all of the skills in place, right? So if you said like, okay, if I want to make a million dollars, I have to have a certain level of talent, skills, education, networking, all that stuff. And if you just like wave the magic wand and you had all, and we could just give you all of those levels, those, those skills at the level that you need it, 
doesn't it make sense that the the result would be automatic just because you would be doing those things? The challenge is we're, again, pre-wired to wait for it to happen. It's like hard to be grateful for something, for, for an event that hasn't happened. Like if you can experience gratitude for making a million dollars before you make the million dollars, the weird thing about the science of it is that you will actually become the person who can now make a million dollars because that chemical will actually biologically change you from within and it changes you to that next person. That's the idea behind the chemical new connections form. It prioritizes these things. And all of a sudden your brain, you're literally changing your brain before the event happens to become the person who's already experienced the event, which is crazy. So that's why when you have these, when you get into, when you, if you, if you listen to pirates at the Caribbean before a business meeting, all of a sudden, like that is actually engineered to make you feel like excited and amped and motivated. Uh, and when you go into the meeting, like you will have those like drips of emotion that are, you know, infiltrating the meeting and that changes the outcome of the meeting. Uh, and as weird as it is and as different as it is, and as you know, the thing with neuroscience that I think trips people up is that you can't really see it. It's kind of like up in the clouds is in my head. Like, I don't really know. I can't really feel this thing or I can't really like sense this thing, uh, but it's there and it's real. And that's what's happening. Did you know there's an experiment that was done uh, years ago? It's actually crazy. They were trying to measure the quantum field, which is just like the air around you. And there's all sorts of like, uh, you know, atoms in the air around us. And they, they, they measured some, they were like measuring like a piano or something. They had somebody just focus on the, on the piano. And as soon as they turned their focus to it, like these electrons popped up in the, in the quantum field in the air around this, uh, around this piano. And then they turned their, turned their attention somewhere else. Uh, and then the, the electrons actually like removed themselves from, uh, from the, the, like the pianos, like force field force field guys sound so brutal, but like, just like the feel the quantum field around it. Uh, and like th this stuff is happening all over the place. Uh, and there's real science behind it. Uh, and if you just, if you just peel back the layers a little bit, it becomes really obvious. I remember thinking about that with craniosacral, uh, massage. Do you know, have you heard of this pattern craniosacral massage? Do you think I've ever heard of that Trump? <laughs> well, maybe because you're you you're you're with me a lot. Uh, it's not that it's something that you we have depth in-depth discussions on, but uh, when I was in massage school, they used to do this thing. It's called craniosacral massage. Uh, and basically, like imagine going into massage envy, and this happens to you. They're like, okay, like you have like hip pain, great. And they just put their hand on your hip and they just hold it there. They don't move at all. And then at the end, they're like, that'll be $150. <laughs> That is craniosacral massage and like there's stuff behind it. And when I saw this and I saw somebody do it, I was like, this is absolutely disgraceful. This is disgusting. I can't believe people pay you for this. This is unbelievable. And then I like somebody like recommended me to read one of the books and it was wild. I couldn't believe how like legit it was. Uh, and I was like really shocked. But again, like there's just all this stuff, this science that's one layer deep that if you look, you'll find it. Uh, and it's like life changing stuff if you're able to apply it. And it's as simple as truly as simple as listening to Pirates of the Caribbean before you jump on a Zoom call. Yeah, I, when I when I took that first deal, and I think I told you about this, the, the deal that I still don't, although we don't have, a, you know, we don't have a crazy listenership um, where I could get out. I still don't want to take the risk, but uh, that one deal that I um, recently made a bid for, uh, I listened to uh, Time. Uh, he's That's a Hans Zimmer one, right, Sean? Yes. Yeah, I listened to Time before it because it just puts you in the mood that you're fucking awesome. Makes me feel like Batman. And, yeah. Um, it just, it just, you're going through life. And, and even you talk about being like, like Batman is cool, but like, don't forget that, you know, a lot of, another reason why people envy Batman is because he's fucking Bruce Wayne. He's a billionaire. Like, you know, he is, you know, he, he is what guys want to be. This super manly man, super successful otherwise, has a like a lair that has some of the sickest shit you've ever seen in your life. Um, like, it's just cool stuff. Um, and then he on top of it, the odd rule, but I guess it makes him good, right? The odd rule, he he can't kill people. Um, like, he, oh, he can't, they can't die, but um, it's just, you know, it, it, being this person is, is in my opinion, I think, you know, probably the number one thing that can get you there. And again, you're talking about these different connections. Like, you know, when I, you know, the neuroscience behind, you know, getting on a private jet and doing business, 
you know, there's new connections being formed in that brain. I can tell you, there's plenty of them. That, you know, my my frontal lobe is locked in. Uh, <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong spot. Wrong spot. Oh, back lobe. No, my no. southeast lobe. The southeast um, lobe. That quadrant yes. specifically. Yes, but you know, whatever's locked and loaded in my in my brain, like I'm just, I feel great. I feel like I'm successful, and I go out and go do more things to make me even more successful. Uh, because that's what I want to do. And you know, I actually saw someone recently. They uh, posted about me. Uh, I don't know, remember where it was. They're asking me, like, why would anyone want like want to be a billionaire? And you know, everyone has their own uh, their own thought process, right, of what they want to do, uh, and and why you know would someone want to do that? And, like I look at certain things with other people and be like, why would you want to do that? That doesn't seem to make any sense to me. That sounds horrible. But you know, everyone has their preferences, but. You know, when you get to a certain level of money, uh, which I'm not even there yet, not at least not in my opinion, the way at least the lifestyle that I want to live. But you get to a certain level of money, and you know, it it no you no longer need more money, like you you're fine, you're, you're doing well, but then it be, kind of becomes like a video game, like you know when you, you know I always tell people like to think about like you know if you were playing you know you know Monopoly when you were a kid, did you know? Once you had some reasonable income from 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 New York Avenue and and Charleston Place or whatever it is, Charles Place, I think it is, all the oranges, which is one of my favorite properties that people land on them all the time. Why the um, hell would you want the oranges? <laughs> they make you a ton of money. You got to get a the ton greens. of money. The greens is now no greens one lands on the greens. Greens and yellows. No, no, no. Heavens, no. Marvin Gardens. Uh, <laughs> Marvin Gardens. But it, it, you know, people, you know, it does well. But I also, how about that, Sean? Brain. You know, you, you, my brain has connections that ne- the oranges make me a ton of money. You want the greens and yellows. And, like, I feel like n- not enough people land on the greens and yellows, so I want the oranges. People land on the oranges all the time. I literally read uh, I read this, like, study this morning that was talking about how uh, how ridiculous, like, the, the casinos, they figured, <laughs> they figured out they'd get more money out of you. This is so wild. They figured they'd get more. They, they found out that they could get more money out of you at the roulette table by showing you the last 12 spins uh, on what they, what they were on a little board on top, like next to the roulette table. Because if it's been like six straight reds, you think that black is due. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it's always the same. The odds never change on any given spin. And it's, it's, the, it's the exact same thing here. Yeah. And then, I mean, you talk about that. Everyone thinks it's a lot of people you know, consider the red, and that's the odds you get is 50-50. But it's not 50-50. The odds are always in the favor of the book uh, because they have those two green ones. Mm-hmm. So you're always slightly at a disadvantage because the odds you're getting are not what you – obviously, it would be weird to give them you know, you know, 2.1% odds or right? double your money plus you know, half a percent. But you know, when, you're, when you're, you're just kind of wired to think – that you have, like, I like roulette. Roulette's probably my favorite game because it's the least it's the least stressful in my opinion. Um, like, and I also don't know. Like, I can't affect anybody else, which I like because I'm not an avid gambler. Um, this podcast brought to you by WinBet, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, but you should be an avid gambler. Yeah, gambler, and when you are an avid gambler, you should bet with WinBet. WinBet, yeah. I just went to that party in Boston, which was a nice party. I put two hundred dollars on the on the Red Sox to win the World Series this year at plus six thousand. I mean. I'd win twelve grand if I did it. Uh, that was a donation, probably. But um, regardless of all that, you know, when you just, I, I just think there's more to. Obviously, not more. There, what we're talking about is 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 what there is the more portion of this, which is it's just better to to kind of wire yourself to think and act the way the person that you want to become is already wired and doing. Yeah, there's no, a, I, I said, like, there's a, like a really old book and it's like, it's a pretty controversial book. It's called the science of getting rich by, uh, William Waddles, I think it is. Uh, and it's what's, that's like the premise of the entire book. He, he's like, he's like, no need to go into the, no need to go into the silence, no need to meditate, no need to ponder over this in, in the dark quarters of your, of your, of your bedroom simply just act as though you had already achieved it act as if though failure were uh, impossible with every decision that you make uh, and you will surely acquire the riches you you deserve now of course it's a little a little bit weird but you know over the years like they have 
you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza is one guy who's really done an awesome job of demystifying the mystical of this kind of neuroscience stuff and showing you what it's, what, what's kind of behind it all. Uh, and uh, like, we've kind of proven it, that it's true. Like if you act in that certain fashion, uh, you do, you like, I mean, you still have to have, you still have to be employed in, in something you know, serviceable. I was watching a, this is, this is a show, my, one of my favorite shows, Last Chance You on Netflix. Uh, and this guy, he's doing God's work, man. He is with these like down and out college basketball players uh, and really, really trying to help them, you know, improve and imp- help them like, you know, get, you know, figure it out and, and, and have a successful life. Uh, having, you know, they've, they've, they, a lot of these, most of these kids have come from really tough places. Uh, and, the guy gets paid nothing. I think he's a part-time employee. He gets paid absolutely like dirt and he's working like a dog, like working hours and hours and hours in difficult conditions with really difficult people that he's working with. Uh, and unfortunately it's just not something that is that it's not a job that holds high value in, in at least the, the financial world. Like there's not a lot of revenue to be made there. So you have, you definitely have to be employed in something, you know, useful, but, uh, that, yeah, but if you're if you're doing that and you're acting as though, you know, you have already accomplished it, you know, there's some, one I, if, man, even this crazy other book that I read, this book called The True Believer by Eric Hoffer, he explains the different mass movements that existed that have been created over the course of over the course of time. He explains, uh, you know, the, that unspeakable movement in Nazi in, in 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 Germany in the early 30s or 40s or whenever that was. He talks about uh, Mussolini and Stalin and all these guys. Uh, and he shows them exactly like how they've, how they've, how they've gone through this process of, of influencing people. Uh, and they all follow the same kind of principles, even if it's, and then they show it from like Abraham Lincoln's perspective and, uh, uh, and uh, what's the other guy, Mahatma Gandhi and these guys and they're in these perspectives, you know, the, basically all of the, all of the leaders of these movements, they don't, it's, it, it, it's not about the doctrine. It's not about the, it's not about the, you know, the principles that you are following. It's about like the excitedness and the, and the, and the attractive character, the person who's leading the mission and the energy and the power and the, you know, whatever they're exuding at the top. And it's like putting that, it's like putting yourself in that fancy suit. Like it, it exudes a certain thing and it, what you say matters, matters, matters a significantly amount, a significant amount less uh, than how they perceive you. Yeah, because what I mean, taking that one step further, Sean, I mean, how they perceive you, what you say matters more now in their heads because they are now even that you could say the same thing from a guy who dressed in sweats. And it's just, you know, what depending on what that person who, you know, you know, whoever's whoever's taking all this in, depending on what they value and what they're thinking and what they what their vision of success is, it'll depend on, you know, how it's taking if this person's, you know. You know, thinks that Bezos and all these guys, and you know, may, may not must, but these guys that you see in these top end corporate, Jamie Diamonds of the world, always in really nice suits and and doing all these different types of things. If that's your you know impression of success, when you see someone dressed similarly and they're and they're you're able to speak well, you know they can say the same thing as someone else and you know stay in sweats, and you're gonna take the suit guy's opinion more than the other one because that's just. You you think this person's a successful person, uh, and and you know you think that you know what they're what they're doing and what they know is more important than what the other people might know, even though it might be the exact same thing. Um, so, you know, it's you know it, it, being these people, you know, it's 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 just I think a, a really important factor in becoming uber successful. Uh, well, it's really the only factor, to be honest. Yeah, I think yeah, you're right, and and it's you know when you get to a certain level, says now obviously there's more things to it. So like you know right now I'm at the top of of my 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 <laughs> right now I am literally at the top. <laughs> like it just does not get any higher than me <laughs> at this moment. I mean, guys, I, you well you you look at when you look up at me from all the way up here. <laughs> what do you, you feel? Just, yeah, what, you, you how do you feel? You should feel like me because I'm at the top. <laughs> You know, I said that, and I hadn't finished my sentence, and I paused, and I go, "Oh my God, stop pausing! You need to finish your thought here." <laughs> I'm what I'm saying is I'm at the top of the company that I'm in. It, it, granted, it's because I started the company, uh, but uh, a lot I think uh, you know I don't do the day to days, right? So like 
you know, there's meetings that go on all the time that I'm not a part of. Some of them are strategically I'm not a part of. Some of them I just don't want to be a part of. But you have these meetings or these day-to-day operations guys, you know, the COO and then the, goes down to the, the floor managers and the floor managers goes down to, you know, let's say now the chefs, you know, the, the manager in the kitchen, the manager, well, that's the floor manager, but then you talk about the, you know, the bartenders, servers, and then you talk about the behind-the-scenes people, it's people that do the financing and stuff like that. But, you know, I think it's important, you know, the, the culture, I think, around what we do starts with me. And how I how I handle my own business, you know, you know, I put people in place in charge that I trust. So you know, when I get a phone call, I got I got a text the other day from you know, the guy who runs all my operations. And he's like, "Hey, listen, you know, I'd you know, I'd I'd go through your assistant, but I feel like we've been friends long enough where I can have to do that. Can I can I get a call with you for fifteen minutes?" And of course, I said yes. <laughs> I'm at the top, <laughs> bitch. Uh, no, I of course said yes, and and I'm happy it, but like. You know, do I agree with everything on that call? I actually did agree with everything you did, but do, do I always? No, but sometimes you pick your battles. It's like, all right, well, I trust you to do what you're doing. You know, this is my thoughts. You do what you feel is best, and you just go through it. And now, because of that, he feels relaxed. He feels like he's in control of his own destiny, and he feels he can go go do the things he wants to do. But you know, there have been other scenarios uh, where you know my floor manager might be a little tougher. And a little bit more, you know, these are the rules. This is how we do things. This is this. And, you know, I feel as though sometimes we've lost good employees because of that. Uh, and sometimes, you know, not everyone's, you know, as regimented as that or likes to be as regimented. But it's also successful businesses. You know, these, sometimes these things are, you know, do, do great and are very successful. And, you know, I'm not going to, inf- you know, I'm not going to impose my will just, to, just because I think it's probably the better option. Unless I think it's really hurting our business, and so when I start seeing you know some of our employees leave, and then I get wind that they, they left because I don't know every time someone you know I don't know every every turnover on a bartender or a server or anything like that, and but when I get wind that they left, you know I might reach out and be like, hey, well why did you leave? Anything you can let me know that you know maybe I should be aware of or anything like that, and just as a touch base, you know I, I like them to want they want them to leave, and oftentimes because I you know I have always been, which I think is very helpful, uh, for the sympathetic ear as they say. Uh, to be at the at the tippy top, um, because I I'm going to get a more real answer than a lot of these floor managers might get because they're tougher, you know they're you know they're more nervous you know I'm not coming down to fire anybody, um, you know I would fire the floor manager right I'm not coming down to go fire the 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 employee, but uh, it's 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 just like they'll tell you things that you're not necessarily you know, you don't really know unless you're there all the time, which I'm not. And then you're like, okay, well, now you have to make a decision. Did you like that? Did you not like that? Do you think you should push uh, on the manager to do this more or not do this more? Is the, is the bartender or server just complaining? Because they get a, we get a lot of complaints. Uh, and you have, you have to you know, filter through them about, you know, okay, was that real? Are you just lazy? Do you just not want to do this? You know, this is how everything goes. We could be a lot tougher, but we're not. You know, are you just setting your ways? Whatever the case may be. Um, but having that thought process, being able to have the culture where you can, co- you feel like you can come talk to me, uh, whether you're a manager or you're a bartender, you know, you feel like you can come speak to me and, and tell me things. And then I think that I have a good enough filter to decipher what's good and what's, what's bad. And then whether or not I bring it up, you know, I get, you know, I, cause I go in and have a drink every now and again at all these bars and people tell me things all the time. I hear things constantly. Uh, and I make decisions on whether or not to do it, and then sometimes the floor manager's like, "Ah, oh, well, you know, they're complaining. You know, I, you know, I feel like you're you're pushing me here," and I'm just like, "You, you would be shocked how much shit I hear about you, or or, or how much that." And I just I let it go because I think you know I think you're doing a good job, but yeah, you, know, you know, when I bring things to you once, you gotta you gotta, you gotta listen, you gotta take you know criticism, and we gotta either make a change or not. I've never forced anyone to make a change. That's actually not true. I have done that, but I, I it's rare that I do that. Um, and, but again, having that, that culture inside the business that allows people to come, come speak to you freely, I think is, is really important. Uh, I I can't remember the last time I raised my voice at anybody to yell at them. You know, I just, even when I'm saying mean things to you, I'm probably just talking to you. Uh, so it's, I think, I don't know how we got on that topic, (laughs) but I think... (laughs) 
but I do. I think it, I think it's important when you have when you're running businesses and you're doing these types of things to have a have a culture of people feeling as though they can speak to you, because otherwise you end up losing people that you didn't want to lose because they are just like, well, it's it's easier for me just to leave and go find a job that I like better than to see if we need to make a change at this one, which it is. I understand, that, especially in the service industry. You know, that's you know hospitality, especially if you're good at what you do, you can find a job in a heart in a heartbeat, uh, but. You know, it's it's more beneficial for me and my partners that I know what's going on, so that I can make a change, so that we keep those people rather than lose them to, you know, someone else that's willing to make the change or already, already has made that change immediately. How did we get on that topic? <laughs> I really don't know. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I was on a, on a rant there for a little bit. Hey, rocking and rolling, baby. Rocking and a rolling, but you know, I mean, in conclusion, from B Frank. <laughs> There's, I think there are two different ways of doing it. I mean, as, as I've said this phrase about five trillion times over the last year, there's many ways to skin the cat. Mm, yes. Um, wise. And wise. I'm very wise. And that's true, though. You know, there's never, you know, none of my deals that I've ever, you know, in the five restaurants I've done, none of them have been identical. They've all had different little nuanced ways of doing things to make other people feel more comfortable. Uh, or or to just get the deal done, so you know when it comes to trying to be successful and being the person that you want to be, uh, if you want to become, I think B Frank's we were talking about being rich. Um, you know, there's more than one way to do it. You know, I, a lot of people would consider me to be a wealthy person, but I'm not frugal in any way. However, I do based off his phrase of spend one less penny than you earn. I do that exactly one penny, <laughs> one, one shrew buck, <laughs> one sh- one one hundredth of a penny. Um, Get you some Stanley, Stanley Nichols. Nichols. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's a great show. Um, but yeah, I, you, you can do it more ways. I love the, the way that I do it in making you feel like a boss. Um, well, I think I think if we like, look at the if we really look at the two things that he says, let me tie a bow on this mother. We, we look at these two things like frugality. On some level, you have to have it because if you're spending more than you're making. You're going. You just you know, this, this, this automatic, right? So let's just throw that one out. That one we get. We get that one. We're 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 grown ups here. We understand that. The other one, uh, industry. I think it's just like do the thing, take the action. Like whatever you have to do to do the thing, do that thing. And the thing is whatever your thing is, doing the action consistently and doing it at a high level. Don't not you're not going through the motions. You're putting you're putting effort, emphasis into it. You're putting effort into it. You're actually doing the thing. Uh, and whatever recipe that you have to use, whether that's flying on a private jet, whether that's wearing expensive suits, whether that is sitting in a closet uh, and doing your which, by the way, that's his, do you know this where Alice Tormozzi does his work? He has like a freaking closet with no windows. That's where he does his work. Uh, and like whatever your recipe is, do the thing, just get the thing done and do it the right way. Uh, and then you can worry about the frugality on the flip side. Yeah. I love it. I have nothing out of that. That's, that's exactly the bow that I would have tied myself. Sean. Oh, wow. What a beautiful, um, what a beautiful February bow we have here. February bow. Um, now, uh, next week, hopefully we're back to, t- uh, I guess it doesn't really matter, but hopefully we're back to 1030 a little bit. Uh, you know, as as you guys may or may not have been following along on Instagram and stuff like that, I've been traveling quite a bit. I was in Nashville uh, last weekend and then right to Boston for a few days to open up the sports gambling uh, world in Massachusetts with WinBet. Um, and uh, it has been uh, an exhausting, you know, week or so for me. So I was actually, gonna go, like I told Sean, I was going to go down to Miami this week, but I think I'm going to ax this weekend. I think I'm going to ax that, though, uh, so I can keep that one penny that I'm supposed to keep. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it should be, should be good for the next couple of weeks, uh, unless I travel again, but, um, thanks guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, next week, you know, again, in this 10 30, 11 AM slime slot, I'll announce it a little bit better next week so that, uh, we, ha- you have an understanding of when it's going to be. Um, because I didn't, I didn't say anything that's go- going into this one. I was just kind of bopping around, but, uh, you'll see it again next week at some point early in the week so that you guys are aware you can kind of set your calendars. But I hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, I'll see you guys when I have it. Enjoy your weekend. Sorry, we're closed.